0: This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, professor of internal medicine and pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Good morning and thanks for tuning in. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm your host, Josie Bidwell, Associate Professor of Preventive Medicine and Nurse Practitioner at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. And today we're going to be talking about ways to have a less stress this holiday season or less stressful holiday. Um, When you dive into the the Google wormhole of this topic, you often see it referred to as a stress-free holiday, and I really think that's setting us up for failure, and I'll talk a little bit more about that as we go along, but if you have a question or a comment for us, or in particular, you've found a tip or a trick for how you deal with stress during the holiday season... I'd love to hear from you today. You can always email us, fit at mpbonline.org. So why do I say calling it a stress-free holiday is setting us up for failure? Well, stress is inevitable, right? And we've talked on the show about stress and that there are good good stressors and bad stressors or um, stress that motivates us and then stress that kind of takes over um, and monopolizes our thoughts and the way we feel. And so there's always going to be some type of stress um, during the holiday season, whether that is just getting your house clean, right? That that stress of knowing that there are going to be people in your home kind of motivates me to make sure that it at least looks like um, a tornado has not gone through it immediately prior to someone arriving, right? Um, But the notion that we can make the holiday a completely stress-free event is a little bit misleading, in my opinion, and then often sets us up for if it turned out stressful, we must have done something wrong. And that's just simply not not the case. So I prefer to call it um, the less stress um, way to entertain or to celebrate the holiday season. So one of the first things we want to think about is, is holiday stress real, right? Is it any different than stress during the other parts of the year, And it is. Uh, So when we look at um, actually a poll that was done by the American Psychological Society, 88% of people felt that the holidays were more stressful than the other times of the year. And interestingly enough, the holidays, and I'm air-quoting holidays, um, started about the beginning of November. So not just kind of this December Christmas situation, but right after Halloween kind of kicked off this stressful Um, holiday season and when we look at who is more stressed um, it tends to be women that doesn't mean men don't get stressed or don't feel stressed but uh, when we're looking at um, who tends to be affected more more women than men report feeling stressed and have a harder time relaxing and are actually more likely to turn to habits like comfort eating or what we call stress eating a lot of the times in order to manage that stress, right? And I would call that kind of a, a maladaptive coping strategy, one that is ultimately probably not going to get us where we want on our you know, personal health or wellness journey if we're using um, things like food or alcohol or sedentary behaviors to deal, um, deal with our stress, And so what are we stressed about? Well, the most commonly kind of felt emotions were things like irritability, sadness. When we say the word stress, that tends to make us think anxiety, right? And that's not necessarily the case. Stress manifests in many different ways. And it's often feelings of fatigue where we just don't feel good. We can't even put a finger on it. We just know we don't feel well. We feel tired, Um, We feel irritable, where we may snap at our family members or our friends more frequently than we normally would. Um, Feelings of sadness as well can often kind of predominate during this time. It's often kind of termed the holiday blues, um, but I think that that doesn't fully describe how people are feeling this time of the year. And an individual person may not even be able to fully describe it. They just know that they don't feel good they don't feel as well as they know that they should when we look at those stressors um, the leading stressors for americans are lack of time right and so we're going to spend a fair amount of today's show talking about ways to capitalize on that time Uh, lack of money uh, the commercialism of of the holiday season um and also the pressure of having to get and give gifts worried if people are going to like them or not as well as the cost of those things and then interestingly enough staying on a diet right which we've talked on this show so much about why i don't like the word diet right and this is for one of those reasons because for me during the holiday i'm not worried about staying on or off any particular diet i'm just eating food Right. And trying to build a plate with more of the things that I know are more nourishing for my body, but not limiting or feeling guilty about any of the other things that I choose to consume during this time period. Right. So time, money, uh, those are the, the bigger stressors that we that most Americans report having issues with this time of the year. If you have a particular stressor that we haven't talked about, you can always call in and share that with us and we'll try and brainstorm some ways to help you with that. Uh, But by and large, people in the U.S. are more likely to cope with the holiday-induced stress by engaging in sedentary behavior. And when I say sedentary, I mean not active, right? So sitting and uh, watching TV, um, sitting and eating, again, those uh, quote-unquote comfort foods, Um, sleeping and drinking, right? And I'm not talking about drinking your water that we want you to get in. I'm talking usually choosing more of an alcoholic beverage, which kind of gets us in a cycle um, because alcohol is a little bit of a depressant as well there, right? Some of the top relaxation techniques that people use are things like listening to music. And I actually pushed that out on Facebook today and asked um, how people deal with holiday stress, how they cope with that. And more than one person uh, put that they listen to music. And so that music can be very relaxing, very um, soothing. Um, One person who may or may not be the producer of this show um, said Christmas music, which for me, I was immediately immediately like, oh, no, because I am not a Christmas music fan. But that's okay. That's why coping strategies for different folks are going to look different. There's not going to be a one size fits all Um, strategy, right? That's why we're going to talk about lots of different things today that we can hopefully find one that might work for you. And if Christmas music puts you in that jolly mood, then turn it on, right? Have it playing in the background. That is just fine. Some of the other things that came in today um, were um, prayer, right? Spending time reflecting and on prayer, attending um, religious services, that type of thing. Um, Reading which is one of my particular ways that I cope. I really enjoy um reading like fantasy stories, so because I can just get transported to a completely different world and a completely different uh, universe and get lost in that. I always say you you know you can travel um travel on a budget when you got a book because you can go anywhere in a book, and that's what I enjoy doing. Um walking and exercising is often a way to cope with that, which is kind of really important when we think about how most Americans engage in stress reduction, which is being sedentary, right? Uh, Where we know that the evidence is pretty doggone positive in terms of the way that our mental health improves, the way our anxiety and depressive symptoms improve with um, physical activity. Um, You can also think about um, remembering your past holiday seasons and what you enjoyed about those. What are some of those really good Memories that you have of that time, um, and think about how you can help recreate those. Because for me, when I think back to, um, Christmases of past, um, I don't necessarily think about what gifts I received. I think about who was there. Um, my fondest memories are with a, as a little child with all of my cousins around and we, we would play outside, even when it was cold outside on Christmas. Um, we would play hide-and-seek in the dark and do lots of fun games out there. And that's what I remember um, about our Christmases of past is just being excited for spending that time with family that I may not have gotten to see very often during uh, during the year and then food does play a big part of our all of our gatherings here in the south at least right and so there's kind of that favorite dish maybe that you look forward to every year for me it would have been candied sweet potatoes my grandma made the best candied sweet potatoes in the whole wide world right and I miss those now more than ever, now she, that she's not here with us. And so if she were here, I would absolutely eat some of those candy sweet potatoes, and it would be it would be okay, right, because I'm making a memory around that particular food item there. So we're going to talk about how we kind of can build a toolkit so to speak, of different strategies and techniques for dealing with um, stress this holiday season and really stress any time of the year, Um, but particularly during this time of the year. I'm going to talk about some of my um, favorite tips and tricks for doing that here on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I'm Josie Bidwell, nurse practitioner at UMMC. And today we're talking about strategies to have less stress this holiday season, not completely stress-free but ways that we can reduce that stress and I like to start with knowing what my stressors are right so this next few minutes we're going to talk about the power of journaling Right. And how that can give us great insight into things that are stre- that are stressful for us because they may be different for each individual person. I know they're different for each individual person and some different ways to deal with that. And so we start with self-reflection, just like I have all of my patients in lifestyle medicine, start with what's their goal or what's their purpose? We want to start with what's the issue going on here? So what are your individual stressors. It may be some of those things that I mentioned in the first segment, it may be things like not having enough time or feeling stressed from a monetary standpoint, or, you know, trying to be everything to everybody. Um, I can't answer that for you. But you can you can come up with a plan to help deal with some of those. And that is through some self reflection journaling. Um, So I like to think of three parts to this type of self reflection journaling, it is what is your struggle right what is the solution that you have for that which may or may not be perfect but what is a realistic solution to that and then a plan of action so just like if if our struggle was not being physically active our solution would be maybe starting a walking program our plan of action would be literally how we're going to do that right what days we're going to go what equipment we might need to do that? Who we're going to do it with? The same for self-reflection here. So for me, one of my biggest stressors right now, which may seem silly, but it is stressing me out, is my cat eating my Christmas tree. So I have um, the two relatively new cats. They're little. Um, they're two, two years old now, uh, and. Last year, they didn't show particular interest in the tree, but I don't, I don't know what has gotten into them. But I finally got my tree up last night. That's another stressor for me is the decorating piece. Um, and they went to town on it overnight, and it, there were all kinds of shambles around the tree when I got up this morning. Um, and I don't care so much about that, you know, about the ornaments or any of those kinds of things. I just don't want them to get sick from that, right? I don't want them to eat something that they don't necessarily need to eat um, on, on that tree. So I was frantically Googling all the things this morning about how to how to deal with that particular stressor for me. Um, and I came up with um, some solutions. Right. One is trying to kind of bar their access from that area, which is easier if it's a, a dog. Cats are like little flying squirrels. They will just leap from all kinds of things onto the, the Christmas tree. Um but someone suggested tinfoil around the bottom because they don't like that sound uh, when they step on the tinfoil. So that's what we're going with right now. Um, but ultimately, I think we're going to go with um, kind of a motion-activated, gives a little puff of air that comes out. So that's where I'll be after the show today is trying to find one of these little puffs of air. But that might not be a stressor that's ever uh, kind of entered your mind, but it, it's, it's heavy for me right now because I love my cats and I'm trying to keep them keep them safe. Um, but again, the struggle The solution and then the plan of action to put in place there, regardless of what your individual stressor is. And then a good technique for dealing with stress any time of the year, but in uh, particular, it's really helpful during the holiday season, is something called gratitude journaling. And I like to think of gratitude journaling as focusing on the good, right? Um, Our daily lives have a lot of negative things that go on. Right. Maybe you didn't feel like you had the best day at work or, you know, somebody cut you off in traffic or any of these different kinds of things. And we tend to focus all, only on those negative aspects of things, which really the way we think affects how we behave. And when we think about the world in terms of the negativity that is out there, which there's plenty to, to think about, um, then it actually starts to shape the way we feel and the way we act right and we engage in less of those self-care activities less of those healthier habits so instead focusing on at least one good thing that happened is a really powerful strategy for starting to change the way you think about your daily life and kind of your place here in the world and so I encourage people to think of one good thing that happened today right one good thing. Um, For me, it was that my husband started my coffee before he left for work today. That's really small, but I really appreciated it because I was running a little bit behind myself and um, was almost toying with the idea that I was going to have to forego my morning coffee, which that is not a good strategy if you've met an uncaffeinated me. Um, But he started that on his way out the door. So that's my good thing today, right? That was a kind gesture that he did for me. Um, And so then I actively think about how can I be the good thing for somebody else, right? Right. So those are the two kind of pieces of gratitude journaling that I encourage um, you to think about adding to your daily routine. And I actually do my gratitude journaling before bed, right? Um, I keep a little notepad beside my bed and I jot down what's something good that happened today and how can I do something good for someone else tomorrow. And that helps me sleep. Right, because we sometimes uh, when we lay down at night, all the negative thoughts from the day, all the worries and all the, the stressful things um, build up and just kind of run around in your head and make makes make, make uh, worry babies is what I call them in your in your head. Um, so engaging in this type of journaling before bedtime um, can really help with more restful sleep onset. Kevin, you got a question or a comment? Yeah. A question on the journaling. Mm -hmm. Um, Is there some helpfulness in actually instead of thinking, oh, you know, my husband did my coffee for me to actually writing it down? What does the physical act of journaling do for the process? Yeah. Well, so it makes it more concrete. Right. And it's the same strategy um, for uh, dealing with um, like feeling overwhelmed and feeling like you have a lot of things to do. Like if you've ever made a to do list, sometimes that kind of will also help decrease your anxiety. Because when you're just thinking about all the things you have to do, they're just you're all over the place in your head. Whereas if you just put it down on paper, that takes a little bit of the um the hecticness out of it. And so actually putting it down on paper uh, is another strategy to do that. Um, Now, a lot of people don't journal it down in paper but instead use it as part of their meditation or their mindfulness kind of reflection time and that's fine as well Um, but I do find it helpful to write it down because then you can go back and review it right when you're particularly feeling like the world's just a terrible place and nothing is going right flipping back through that gratitude journal allows you to reflect on but look at all the good things that have happened right Um, so I encourage you to, to pick that up and try it and you can just get any old notebook it doesn't have to be a fancy anything to write those things down in all right so some lifestyle tips um, for working on that stress aside from the journaling that we've talked about now that we've identified our stressors and have some solutions um, my my number one is embracing the notion of good enough right Um, and I really want to spend a little bit of time thinking about what I mean by good enough Right? Um, We try and make holidays or Christmas look like. a Christmas movie on television with all of the decorations perfect and all of the food, uh, perfect and all the gifts wrapped beautifully and all of those kinds of things. Uh, and that's usually not what people again, remember about Christmas, right? They remember, um, the feelings that they had, the family that they um, spent time with. So I want you to think about what is good enough look like, right? Um, I am behind on decorating this year. And that's really not a fair statement because I'm behind on decorating every year. Um, I always think I'm going to get started a little bit sooner than I do. And life is just hectic, right? I got two kids that are, you know, in different activities. And and we spend a lot of time uh, going back and forth with that. I'll get stuck at the hospital and have to work late, you know, all these different kinds of things. And so I still have two pumpkins sitting on my front porch, right? And that's okay. Um, That I'm not going to stress out about that. I would imagine sometime before December 24th, there will be some form of greenery uh, with some red ribbon on it out there. But I'm not going to let that stress me out. Right. Um, We've got some holiday cheer inside the house and that's good enough for me right now. Right. Um, So. I can't tell you what good enough means for you. You kind of have to think about what that means and what's important for you in terms of your family tradition. But realizing that you do not have to be perfect is a really powerful tool in dealing with your stress. Someone actually commented on the Facebook post this morning, um, normalizing and prioritizing saying no, right? And one of um, a physician I worked with one time, he said, you know what? No is a complete sentence, no period, right? We tend to think about having to justify our no's, like, no, I can't do that because I have to X, Y, and Z, right? And we actually don't have to, to uh, prove why we can't do something. The way I have chosen to um, uh, decide whether I say yes or no to something, again, goes back to my purpose or my why, right? And I've shared that on the show before, and I've talked about um, – Being able to clearly and concisely state what your why is, right? And so for me, my why in life is to love God, love my family, and love others, right? And so when someone asks me to do something, right, um, I think about does that fit into one of those particular things right is that showing love to any of those uh, parts of my purpose or my why and if it doesn't or it hurts one of the other two to make it meet that then I'm comfortable with saying no to that right and so maybe it's that people want like 12 different kinds of potatoes at Christmas right it's okay to say no we're gonna have three kinds of potatoes right and we pick those it's gonna be okay right um, another notion is we're supposed to have fun, right? And so we got to think about how how to find pockets of fun during all this hecticness, right? All this craziness. One of the things that we did, I was I was out shopping the other day, and I found something called an indoor snowball fight kit, right? And it's really just white fluffy balls. Right. Which you could absolutely make with rolled up socks. You don't have to have a fancy one. But we have them strategically stationed throughout our house in little piles. And when we walk through, somebody just grabs one and hurls it at the other one. Now, they're real soft. Uh, They're not going to break anything or hurt anything. The cats also think it is a great fun time. Um, But that's our way to find a little pocket of silliness or a little pocket of fun. Um, in kind of our hectic nighttime routine. Um, we've talked about having dance parties on the show before where we just cut on music in my house and rock out for a few minutes at a time. All of those are ways that fit with our personalities and the way that we um, you know, choose to, to live. Um, but always keeping an eye on how can I make this fun? How can I make um, a memory around this? Because that's what we take from year to year um, is that, that memory and the way we feel during the holiday season, not necessarily what we get or even what we give. And then my third kind of lifestyle medicine tip is to practice the three P's, right? And those stand for very specific things. Um, One is plan, right? One is prep. And the third is pantry, and that has to do with holiday entertaining. And we're going to go through each one of those particular P's and talk about ways to put those into action. If you have a question or a comment for us, give us a call here on Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit. I introduced the concept of the three P's of um less stress holiday entertaining. Um, the first one being planning, the second being prep, and the third being pantry. And so what do I mean by each one of those things? Well, the first tip is is planning and what does that look like? And a lot of people may think, well, are you talking about planning your um, – your guest list that may be part of it but in particular i'm talking about the food and the shopping right because those can be pretty big stressors um so the first part of putting this p into action is planning your menu and creating a shopping list right and so now is actually where we're you know uh about two weeks out from the main event. So now is a good time to sit down and start making that menu uh, and putting things that you absolutely know you are going to have to have on your holiday table on there. Um, And then you can make additions or subtractions to that as you go along. One of the things I also like to do there is think about – where uh, they're going to be cooked, right? Um, Is this something that's going to be in the oven? Is this something that's going to require the stovetop? Those types of things so that you can have a little bit less chaos in your your kitchen, um, as well as things that other people are going to bring, right? But one of the most underutilized strategies I see is not taking advantage of the information that is in the app feature of your grocery stores. Right, so um Walmart Kroger, um, those types of stores have tons of information listed under all of those products, in particular, where they are located in the store, right, what aisle they are on and This is a strategy I use for folks who um, are trying to buy maybe healthier foods at the grocery store as well. It is shopping by aisle, so if you look at a grocery list right. They're often organized by food type. So maybe um, produce, dairy, meat, those types of things. Um, and, and people build their list that way. And in theory, those should all be kind of in the same section of the grocery store. But they're often not quite that clear cut. Um, so I actually recommend building your shopping list based off of aisle number. Right. So I made a, a blank template for myself that, that I keep that just has um, aisle one and some blanks, aisle two and blanks, et cetera, et cetera, whatever the aisles are in my grocery store. Right. And when I'm making my list, I go into the app. Um, I go and I search for that item, and it tells me where it is, right? And I put that under that particular number on the aisle. And so you may be thinking, that sounds like an awful lot of work and it's going to take you an awful lot of time. Um, It does take a little bit of time, but it's quicker than aimlessly roaming the grocery store. Getting irritated at the number of people that are in the store because I find that very stressful. Grocery shopping during the holiday season, there's just people everywhere, and uh, the lines are super long, and it, it just—that's one of the stressors for me, right? So again, I found that out by writing down what stresses me the most at the holiday season. Um, so this strategy, I just have an extra cup of coffee uh, on Saturday mornings, and that's when I do my planning for the week, um, and I use this same strategy then as well. And so I make, uh, make my list based off grocery store aisle. And then if there is nothing under that particular number on my grocery list, like let's say there's nothing on aisle seven that I need, guess what? I don't go down aisle seven, okay? Um One, it saves me time. Two, there's probably something that I don't necessarily need to consume on that aisle. Um, but if you see it, your brain immediately starts to think about how that tastes, right? Like, think about when you see a package of cookies. Like, your brain's like, ooh, cookies. Cookies are sweet and chewy, and that will be good, and I'm hungry right now, so let me go ahead and put those in my buggy, right? So shopping this way not only decreases the amount of time you spend in the store, it's also less likely to wind up with things that uh, you don't need to be munching on, and it saves money, right? Because at the end of the day, you didn't buy these kind of impulse things that often wind up in our cart that we didn't budget for in terms of calories or money, right? Um, and then the other kind of shopping technique that you can have is just to not go in the store to utilize the things like um, say, uh, pickup, right? So Click list for Kroger. I'm not sure what the Walmart one's called. Um But, you know, let somebody else do that shopping for you and uh, stay in your car, right? That way you don't have to deal with any of those kinds of things. And again, less likely to have impulse buys when you do it that way, right? So plan your menu, create your shopping list, and consider um, utilizing either shop-by-aisle format or shop-by-pickup. Planning tip two is to choose some ready-made items to save time on the on that day right so a lot of times we'll have little nibbles set out for people before the main event right before the main dinner to snack on um and it's often you know veggie trays or fruit trays or a cheese board or any of these different kinds of things that's not something that people are going to spend a whole lot of um uh, memory on, right? Like I don't remember that that awesome veggie tray that we had one year. Maybe your family does, and I'm okay. But I take help from the store with that. Right. If I'm going to have these things set out, I just go ahead and purchase one of these trays that's already made. Right. So if that's within your budget, then that is a great strategy because you don't have to do all the washing of everything, all the cutting up, peeling, all of this kind of stuff. Um, Take the help from the store there and get those kind of ready made items. The same deal for any kind of dips and that kind of stuff. Um, Take the help uh, where you can get it. All right. So those were the the two planning tips. What about prepping? Well, think about things that you can prep ahead of time and freeze, right? Um, One strategy that that I've seen is, so we call it dressing in my family. Some people may call it stuffing, um, but most people call it dressing because that's the right word. Um, (laughs) But at Thanksgiving, when you make that, make two pans, right? And go ahead and pop one of those in the freezer. That way, if you're going to have dressing again for Christmas, at least my family does, then um, you've already got that made. And in the freezer, all you have to do is is take it out, let it defrost, and then pop it in the oven on the day of your meal there. And there are lots of different um, recipes that can be done that way. And so again, we're about two weeks out from um, Christmas Eve, about maybe 12 days out, 12 days out. So not quite uh, two weeks. But having some of those things pre-cooked and put in your freezer is a great way to kind of get ahead of the game on that particular day. Um, Another kind of prep is to prep and group foods that have the same cooking temperature, right? So I only have one oven in my house. Um, Currently, I used to have double ovens in another house we lived in, and that was marvelous. But most people don't have double ovens. And so we got to think about what cooks at the same temperatures as other things. So if there's something that cooks at 350, we want to put it with other things that cook at 350 and not maybe the um, bread that has to cook it at 400, right? So group things together so that you can get, uh, you can maximize the space in your oven at those individual cooking temperatures and then um, change that temperature and cook the rest of the things that go for that particular temperature, Um, tip three for prep is something called mise en place, right? And that sounds like a fancy French word because it is and it means everything in its place. And um, it means prepping ingredients ahead of time. So a lot of recipes during the holiday season are going to have similar ingredients for each thing, right? Like onions, celery, carrots, bell peppers, those kinds of things. So if you're going to need it, for lots of different recipes, knead it a bunch, chop it once, right? So, chop everything at one time and then go ahead and kind of baggy it out or put it in little containers per recipe right? One of the benefits of doing like home delivery kits for uh, meals like Home Chef, Blue Apron, that kind of thing is everything's portioned out for you, right? It's like you have to cut up this amount of onion for this meal and everything's together. All the ingredients are together. And that same kind of strategy can be applied to your holiday meal um, prep. Um, Go ahead and cut all those things up and then Get a baggie and put all of the individual ingredients in in that baggie and label it. This is for the dressing, right? Or this is for the mac and cheese, or this is for the sweet potatoes, whatever it is. Okay, Um, And then don't forget that slow cooker, right? I think that's an overlooked piece of equipment during the holiday season. We tend to think about the stovetop and uh, the oven, but the slow cooker can save you so much time, especially for Christmas morning right? So a lot of families wake up and and there may be present opening time on Christmas morning. You may have had guests that have stayed over and everybody's hungry, right? Um, So utilizing your slow cooker for something like a big batch of um, oatmeal that you can then set out lots of of different toppings for is a great way to get uh, breakfast on the table without missing that time right you don't want to spend your whole Christmas morning in the kitchen whipping up things um, while your family is is enjoying their gifts and again making memories together so don't forget about that slow cooker and the way that you can use that for overnight cooking Let, while, while Santa's coming then breakfast is getting made and getting ready as well there and then that third P is pantry right and the pantry is one of the most overlooked um, staples for holiday entertaining. Um, people tend to drop in during the holiday season. Maybe they've been out caroling or been out looking for Christmas at Christmas lights and those kinds of things, and they may just pop in for a visit. And that can be stressful. But if you have your pantry stocked with a couple of um, you know quick. Ways to make an appetizer board or pasta, then you don't have to let that kind of derail, um, derail your plans and make you more stressed out. So some of the things that I like to keep whole wheat pasta and tomato sauce, that way you can whip up, you know, quick pasta, Um, canned beans, frozen veggies, those kinds of things. And then we always, always at my house have olives, roasted red peppers and nuts. Right. Because you can sit those out with some whole wheat crackers and have really quick, easy, entertaining there for people who drop in or for they stop and bring you over a present, that kind of thing. And you want to have some some munchies out there together. You're listening to Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit on MPB Think Radio. I'm Josie Bidwell, and we've been talking about ways to have less stress this holiday season. And I gave you my three P's before this last break, which are planning, prepping, and utilizing your pantry as ways to have less stress during your entertaining portion of your holiday festivities. And I mentioned that we were going to do, I was going to share two of my favorite um, recipes that follow this kind of, 3p format um, and one is utilizing that slow cooker and so we do something called slow cooker quinoa and oatmeal right and so if you're not familiar with quinoa it's kind of a, um, a little grain uh, it has a fair amount of protein in it um, so it makes uh, a good filling um, hearty breakfast a lot of people think they don't like quinoa um, uh, that's often because it's not been prepped the right way so now we're looping in that prep word um, and because you have to rinse it OK, um, quinoa has a, a, a kind of coating on it called saponin that people uh, find t- to taste soapy or um, more like detergent. And so you got to rinse that stuff really, really well. You can buy pre-rinsed quinoa, um, but I usually go ahead and rinse it under some cold water um, several times until the water is not cloudy anymore. And that should cut down on that kind of bitter, um, soapy taste that people um, have there. Now, if you've tried all that and you just simply still don't like quinoa, that's fine. Don't do it. Use oats instead, right? So this particular... Um, recipe calls for half a cup of well-rinsed quinoa, one and a half cups of steel-cut oats. And I do like to use steel-cut oats in the slow cooker because it's going to cook for a long, long time. If you use more of a rolled oat or an old-fashioned oat, they just get a little bit too mushy for my tastes. Um, four cups of water, three cups of milk of your choice. We use soy at my house five tablespoons of maple syrup, and a little pinch of salt. Everything in the slow cooker and cook on low for six to eight hours. So I put it in um, when I go to bed, and it's ready for bright and early Christmas morning. And then we set it out um, with lots of little bowls of toppings so everybody can personalize theirs. I always have berries, um, coconut nuts extra maple syrup all of those different kinds of things for drizzling on there you can even throw in some chocolate chips if that um and marshmallows to make a really festive christmas morning breakfast um my other tip for using a slow cooker is to use those liners um that you can get to go in the the slow cooker that are disposable uh, because scrubbing a slow cooker is not anybody's idea of a fun time on christmas morning so adding that um that in there the second recipe I have for you is utilizing your pantry and that is with rosemary white bean dip okay so this um, takes uh, into account your canned beans right which I always have tons of canned beans in my pantry Um, but you're using two cans of any kind of white bean you enjoy that could be a cannellini bean or a great northern bean or navy bean um, some olive oil rosemary and thyme leaves which we usually have that hanging out in the fridge um, because we used them on um, whatever you know holiday uh, main dish we were having some garlic some red pepper flakes and a little bit of lemon juice and you just whiz that around in your food processor and now you've got a really lovely dip to um, whip out for those last minute guests that have dropped in and dropped by so I'm going to post those recipes um, out on um, Facebook on The Healthiest Life. If you're interested in grabbing those recipes, they'll be out there later. Um, And if you give them a try, let me know um, how you like them there. The other thing to remember this holiday season is sometimes even when we plan and we prep and we prepare, things don't go right and our stress is still high and we don't have to deal with these things alone. Right. If you find yourself dealing with um, stress or anxiety or depression or negative thoughts and emotions this holiday season, there are resources available for you. Right. One is to talk to someone. Right? Whether that be a family member, a friend, a pastor, or a mental health care provider, those are all strategies that I would implore you to, to utilize. And it doesn't mean that you're weak or not strong, or you just haven't been able to think your way out of this situation. Um, there are also great um, apps out there that uh, can walk you through mindfulness practices like deep breathing, uh, muscle relaxation, meditation, guided meditation. Those are all great. And I encourage you to, to think about how to incorporate something like that just into your daily, um, daily life um, as a great stress reducing strategy any day of the year. We tend to think about, and it's actually a myth that's out there that suicide occurs more frequently during the holiday season, and that's actually not the case. But if you are having thoughts of harming yourself, again, there are resources that are out there. Um, that National Mental Health Hotline, which is nine eight eight, is a great um, option to call if you're having thoughts like that, and speaking to your regular care provider as well. My Uh, wish for you this holiday season is that you find ways to not only give to others but also give to yourself um, and give yourself um, some credit for all the things that you're juggling and all the things that you're handling in your daily life and give yourself some grace as well because remember we have to all we're trying to do is be good enough right we don't have to be perfect we don't have to be everything to everyone. We can still have a wonderful um, holiday season by investing in Um, our experiences and the things that we do with each other and the memories that we make. I actually just had a great comment um, that came in over um, over the break on Facebook that said, remember the season of Christmas is 12 days long, December 25th to January 6th. That's actually the 12 days of Christmas if you're now singing that song in your head. Um, Everything does not have to happen on December 25th or by December 26th. If you need to spread it out, that's just fine. You do what you need to do to take care of yourself, take care of your family, and still have um, have joy. And if that means you have breakfast for dinner, you have breakfast for dinner. It does not have to be an elaborate um, meal or anything special or fancy there. It's about being with and being present with your loved ones this holiday season. All right, guys, if you had a question or a comment that you didn't get in today or you want more information about any of these tips that I've given you or any of these recipes that I put out there today, I would love to um, talk with you more. You can always email us, fit at mpbonline.org. Or if you missed the show and you want to catch it as a podcast, you can do that by searching for Southern Remedy wherever you get your podcasts. Southern Remedy Healthy and Fit is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio and is funded in part by a grant from the University of Mississippi Medical Center. Southern Remedy is produced by Kevin Farrell and the podcast producer is Jermaine Flood. Tune in to MPB Think Radio every weekday morning at 11 for the full Southern Remedy lineup. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand.